All right. Got to do the intro again. We'll keep it quick. We're just getting warmed up. Shit, it wasn't recording. <laughs> so, this week on Rally Banter, uh, we've got Ben Klein, Jeff Crowell, and Eric Atwell joining me, Jim DeBrock, in the Sweat Lodge. Um, before we get started this week, uh, we really want to plug something we've been working on here at Rally. It's called UMAP. It's a way to visualize what is going on around you in your community in real time. Yeah, so we've been working on figuring out a new way to communicate with the world. And a lot of that comes down with location and finding communities. And that could be local to you in your neighborhood or it can be global communities. Uh, and so it's an iOS app that we've been working on internally and putting a lot of thought and effort uh, into working on. We'd love to get your feedback. We want to know, just have you use it, you know, let us know. We want to get more content in there, more people. Right now, uh, we've opened it up to four cities, New York, Salt Lake City, San Francisco, and L.A. So if you're in those cities, reach out to us at umapbeta at rallyinteractive.com. Also, just keep an eye on our Twitter accounts because we are going to be launching a bit of a marketing site for it. Uh, just a simple thing, explaining, doing a hell of a lot better job than we can do over the air. Um, so it'll show you a little bit more about the app, kind of what the point is, and just how exactly you use it to communicate. So we haven't launched it yet, probably sometime, uh, today's November 11th, so probably sometime next week we'll be pushing that out there. It'll have a sign up, so just sign up, give us uh, you know, your first name, whatever you feel like being called, uh, your email address, and the city that you're in. If you're in one of the cities that we've already launched in, you'll probably get an invite pretty quick um and if you're in a, a city outside of that you know we'll be sure to make we'll be sure to invite you as we start rolling out to more cities so yeah we'd love to get your feedback and just get you using it before we launch in the app store and, and public and public launch is probably we don't really know yet but not too far yeah some down of it, the road yeah some of it uh, early 2017 I don't know. Yeah. It's up in the air, but yeah. Yeah. We, we got uh, some big features that we're trying to get in there. Some are rolling out pretty soon. We don't want to talk about them just, just yet. They're definitely going to be something pretty special. Uh, we hope to change up a little bit of how people communicate using mobile devices. So, and we'll see. Yeah. And it's something that we're all kind of using around the office and around the city. And it's kind of fun to see what your friends are up to. Yeah. 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 And it's going to get even better. So, uh, and, and we need you to actually help us uh, to get it better and your feedback and hopefully just help us get more content in there because that's really what it needs right now. All right. Cool. Awesome. I think we covered that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we actually got some a question from a user, and it's kind of going off of episode 22, I believe, the yeah. our thick skin episode. And... We wanted to touch on that because we thought it was a pretty good question. And I think the best way is for me to just read the email. We're going to keep it anonymous. And all right, this is the email reading episode. So I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> so the user writes in and says, your thick skin episode sparked a feedback question based on a scenario that comes up often. Say you're working on a web design project with three contractors. The project is going well, not great, but everything is moving along on schedule. The lead designer has refined a design that the client likes, but they bring up the point 
that they really want this site to stand out in their industry. They are still willing to sign off on this design, but I can tell they were hoping it would be better. As the creative director, I completely agree. It's good, but it's not special, and it's not something to be proud of. My method of just saying, it's not right, maybe try this and this to the lead designer caused a downward spiral in design quality. Then bringing in another designer to offer ideas caused the lead designer to really lose interest, and we had to take him off the project due to half-assed work. How would you go about giving feedback to the lead designer in a way that will keep him or her motivated and involved in the project? Keep in mind, their design was good and the client did like it. I just knew we could do better. So uh, there's a couple of things there uh, that I think we want to unpack first. There's a client side of things and an internal side of things. And there's a couple different parts of that. It's kind of how do you handle giving feedback? As a creative director, how do you give good direction? And then also, how do you receive that feedback and handle that, even if it is kind of uh, demoralizing sometimes? Um, Eric and I spent some time earlier this week talking through it. Um, And uh, I I think uh, to kind of paraphrase what your response was in the email, uh, we talked a little bit about how does one give direction, right? That's your cue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So giving direction. Right. Uh, And so I think part of the issue maybe in this scenario, uh, the this designer kind of lost interest. And um, so there's probably a a few reasons for that. And some are probably better than others. But uh, well, I think what's what's interesting, too, is I we've all probably been on the receiving true. end mm-hmm. of this a what, little bit. I, mean, I think we've all probably been on a project where we like your attitude towards it sours or yeah. Yep. I mean, it gets hard. Yeah. Based, based maybe on internal feedback or even just kind of client, or feedback, client feedback. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I think with the feedback that this designer was receiving, I think ultimately this designer felt like he was losing ownership of his little baby basically. Do you, okay, real quick before we get into it, do you think that's valid? Do you think it's valid for a designer to feel ownership or creative? Mm-hmm. So, and this kind of came up in Thick Skin, episode 22. Um, check that out. Um, I think it is valid, but I don't think it's sound. Uh, I think for a designer to get emotional about a design job is probably not right. It's not art. And yeah. you should you should still have ownership because I mean we all have pride in our work, and a lot of us are probably pretty passionate as well. Absolutely, but if a designer all of a sudden loses interest in you know something he's working on, like that's I think that's a pretty bad sign because all of us, I think all of us would appreciate more time to push things further than the opposite. Yeah, it's interesting too because. Um I can think of like, I think we all can, of projects where you think it's there. You're like, I'm happy with this. And it actually requires somebody giving some feedback that you're just like, I don't know. And then if you're willing to work through it, a lot of times you end up in a better spot. Mm -hmm. But like there is that initial thing of like just not being open to even changing anything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, especially if you've been staring at it for a long time. I think, at least for me, if someone gives 
um, some pretty brutal feedback. I think naturally my personality is just to kind of like reject it or fight against it and say like, you know, cause it's not like, I think that's the normal response for most people. Yeah. yeah cause it's not like what you've done has been without thought or reason, yeah. but maybe it's just like off just a tiny bit. And, you know, you have reasons to back up everything that you've done, hopefully. Um, so when someone gives you feedback differing or kind of recalibrating that, sometimes it's hard to at least admit that you are wrong with some of that. And, it, you know, at least for me, it takes a lot of kind of internalization, a little. It's, but it, That's but a big thing. And I think it comes down to maturity and humility and like finally understanding like, all right, I gave it my all and my all was good good but it wasn't good enough and, well, and it's also it, it's also it's not a, it's even. not even a right and wrong i mean there's i think there's pieces of all of this yeah. right like there's the 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 aspect of like you feel like you failed you know and you don't want to fail maybe that plays into it but it's also just like it's not i think you can interpret it as being right and wrong but it's really like it's really about like tr- trying to get to this place of like you you have one perspective and you're designing with that perspective and sometimes you just what's re- what's required in order to bring the design to anu- the next level even though you can't see it because you don't have that different perspective is a different perspective yeah on it and that's hard i also think it comes down to the trust and and one little magical thing that we have here at rally is like we all trust each other so uh, i think in the case of this you know this hypothetical situation or whatever uh, there's potential that this senior designer doesn't trust the creative director's opinion and therefore discredits it yeah, uh, and I think that's something that Ben and I have talked about. Is both you and I have admitted to you know if there's a superior giving us direction and we don't trust their opinion, we have a really hard time with that. Yeah, yeah. it's a hard thing to grapple with, and you never. I don't know that like it, that ever necessarily goes away. It's just being like aware that that can happen yeah. all and, the time. And I don't think it's I don't think it's right. It's no, not, it's, not, it's not. It's, it's not, not the right way to go about it's things. Not. So how do you how do you either build trust or kind of shut off that that part of your response where you're, you're still open to feedback regardless of the level of trust with the creative so director let me, let me turn it back around onto you is how have Whoa. how has rally the design team earns each other's trust um well I, I think for me just personally is even sometimes when i get feedback that i don't like or i don't personally agree with sometimes just kind of when I, when I'm in the mi- minority of the opinion on something on, on feedback and feeling like I have to cave to, um, the, the popular vote in the office, we promised we wow. wouldn't get political. Dude, There's no analogies. Dude, dude. There's no ana- analogies. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. There is not a political episode. We make all of our design decisions with the electoral <laughs> committee. No. <laughs> um, all right. No politics in this episode. We've all sworn oath. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but sometimes feeling like I have to cave, um, but seeing it work out, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think I've mentioned it before, Eric, um, but the one of the projects I was working on was supposed to feel very fun and I felt really good and confident about where it was going. I asked for some one-on-one feedback from you and I walked you through all the screens, explained you all the reasoning and you just kind of shook your head and you're like, 
I don't think it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, well, let me let me stop you real quick. Um, no, sorry, sorry to interrupt. So, I think the the ask from the client was, "I need a fun app." Yeah. And so, the feedback I gave you was directly in line with the premise and the goals of the project. Yeah. It wasn't nudge it here, nudge it there, make it bigger. No, totally. And if I'm remembering correctly, I think that was pretty much where you left your feedback at. I think you also referenced some examples that you thought at least from a mood perspective felt uh more in line and gave some uh suggestion but i don't think you mandated anything mm -hmm. anything specific mm -hmm. you never so, said like do exactly this yeah. you have to mm -hmm. do this so 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 in my opinion um um just speaking frankly here um uh, i wasn't micromanaging you no and i kind of just gave i I gave you the creative control and I don't mean to say it like that. Like you had the creative no, control yeah. all the ways, but I wasn't taking, I wasn't removing that creative control away from you at all. And I kind of maybe just like steered you in the right direction more or less as vaguely as possible. Do you, uh, and question, do you think it would have been any different? Um, I mean, we don't really have like as much of an explicit hierarchy here. I feel like it's a little, it's more open to opinion, but, um, if we were less, equals and you were a creative director or vice versa do you think that would have played out any differently or do you think like because we were you know i was asking feedback from you as as someone i regarded as as an equal mm -hmm. do yeah, you think well i mean would would um would you, you receive my criticisms differently if i had a higher pay grade than you i don't think so yeah but that's also, I think, I, just the type of people we are. I think that comes down to a mutual respect thing, though. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, and, and it's probably, like, the tone and attitude in which Eric delivered that feedback to you that went a long, long way. Not maybe, maybe the context of it and what was in his feedback went a long way, but the way he presented it to you, the way he said it, his demeanor... I think all those things go a very long way. Yeah. And but can, can I also jump in real quick? Yeah. Like, and to get like real from like a couple of years ago, we also, I, I have the, the outside perspective of that PayPal project. Yeah. You guys were designing on that together. And there was like a moment where there was like a snafu and we oh, had to yeah. get there real and like discuss, there was some oh, serious yeah. headbutting. And like, I think one of the reasons why things hmm. generally go better and there is that trust as we've also been through some headbutts over the years mm -hmm. and we've had to like live through that. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know? Yeah. And so, and this, so that's where I'm like wondering, like, does that play into it at all? As I well? think so. I mean, that's like, why, that's why we trust each other more. Cause you came, cause you guys both were able to group together despite your differences on that project, had some hard conversations and then it ended up being a successful project. Yeah. It's like I think it's, it, it goes to show that you both wanted it to work out. Like, I mean, to get candid for a minute, like we had a difference in opinions mm -hmm. six months ago or so. This is Jim and Jeff, and I apparently just butt heads with everyone. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I mean, it's it, very easy to it work was, with. It just kind of came down to like you reaching out and saying like I want to have a discussion about these things that are that are bothering me. Some things are bothering you. I think it was 
that moment where it was like a mutual respect thing like you wanted to get my take on it and like talk it out yeah. like as civilian and, and like so civilly to, to bring that back around with this hypothetical situation maybe this creative director and the senior designer should have had a one-on-one -on -one that would you know in the long play build that relationship build yeah. that trust mm -hmm. and so i mean i don't i don't know the full story but maybe there's like some petty passive aggressive shit going on maybe they just didn't have like a real a real true like heart dark conversation yeah. also it sounds like maybe the the lead designer being a contractor that's hard right mm. because like that's put like maybe they hadn't worked together very long did it, like did it say he's a contractor well they it said three they, contractors yeah so I that i don't know if that there might that the be like a was. remote thing in play too that right. could there's there's some answer unanswered things to this to yeah, the story yeah. so there's like a different a bunch of different ways but i think at the end of the day i think trust trust on design teams some of that has to be built by actually ha butting heads and then figuring out yeah like figuring it out yeah. <laughs> together. Yeah, and, and not to make it sound like it's all, uh, you know, rainbows and lollipops, but I think, you know, when, when if I'm remembering correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, Eric, uh, but when you, you came with that feedback and said it doesn't feel fun, uh, I think I fought against that initially at least, and I said, like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, I mean, you definitely were defensive a little bit. Yeah, but. yeah and it's, it's hard too, just because I feel, I feel like I had reasoning to back up like yeah. all my decisions, but after you know internalizing that and thinking through it over the night and losing a little sleep over it just sitting in my bed uh s steaming like how the fuck does eric not think this is fun it's so much fun um uh are you not having fun um but then kind of really you know second guessing all of my opinions and kind of like re-going through like what i'm doing you know is it the information density that's too high? Mm -hmm. You know, is it something wrong with the color? Is it the typeface? And I, and, and these were, you know, a few things that you had pointed out in our, yeah. our feedback discussion and things you'd led me to. Um, so yeah. And, but then like the next day I, um, I had to, you know, I don't know, like maybe put, maybe put away my ego for a little bit. Uh, we all have egos, you know, whatever, but, mm -hmm. and just kind of say, you know, I, I think you're right, Eric. Um, it, it's not as fun as it should be. So, and to tie this back into this hypothetical situation. Um, so it sounds like in this story, the designer kind of gave up and threw in the towel and he didn't want to push. Yeah. And the difference in one, I would never um, have like the, the visual direction that you came up with. I would never put my name on it. You know, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, no, not Dude, like that. Not like that. Oh. not like that. Not like that. I would never claim, Trouble. I would never like, you know, put art director on, mm. you know, whatever. Like I would never claim it as mine whatsoever. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, but so, without that feedback, it wouldn't be in nearly as good of a spot as it is now. Right. Yeah. And so that's, I think the difference in the situations is, you know, designers need to hear hard things and be able to push. And that's exactly what you did. And you came up with a new art direction that, you know, feels more fun. Yeah. Well, but, and also I know that you weren't, you were, that feedback was coming from a good place. You weren't just trying to be rude to me or yeah. be a dick or make my life hard. Right. And the other thing is, you know, at the end of the day, I could have been belligerent and ignored it. Mm -hmm. And, but the problem was I was losing sleep over it because, <laughs> you know. Well, because there was, there was respect there. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like, I think that was what it come, came down to it, as well. It also, so. I think, it, I think, um, I think one aspect of being more senior is hearing hard things and being able to push 
through them and making it better. Yeah. Where a junior, I could see a junior hearing things and just like giving up. I, but I that, mean, was, that was the thing. This was a lead designer, it sounded like. But I mean, that's the thing is like, I think there, know, there job, is, job titles, there is you know, a hard, fair. there's a hard thing where, um, you know, there's a lot of, especially I feel like designers that have done a lot of their careers like freelance and lone wolfing is like, that's getting feedback and working through and wading through the feedback is I think harder sometimes in those scenarios for mm-hmm. people like that. And they can be amazing. Like they can be amazing, like visual designers or whatever. It doesn't, you know, anything, but yeah. it's, it's, it's a hard thing. Like I personally struggle with it and you know, I've been in the industry for a while now. It's like, it's never really, I think it's an awareness thing and like just like constantly trying to be aware about, of it and working through it. Um, yeah. And I just wonder if like, I wonder if the con- the hard conversations were there in this particular instance of like, not the hard, I mean the hard conversations of like really like talking through it a little bit yeah, and like, and like this creative director actually talking about like, you know, why, like where it's coming from, like, and talking through like why the lead designer doesn't seem to be receptive or like, like even having that, like it's kind of therapy in a way, but like having that conversation of like, you seem like you're losing interest. Like, how, how can I help? What's, you know, how can we work through this? Like, how can we yeah. work through this together is like sort of, you know, I think can be really important when things start to go awry. Yeah. Yeah. I think some, um, some tips that we can give right out of right away from out of this conversation is one from the perspective of the creative director, maybe make sure that your feedback isn't so much about pixel nudging not saying like low to the left low to the right try mm-hmm. green try blue you know whatever but more so about focusing on intent and goals and client priorities and uh you know re- really just what what would keeping in mind like what does success look like for this project right. and not just about the pixels in front and keeping it a little higher level and intent because no one wants to feel like they're a mouse you know yeah for the creative director a monkey yeah mm-hmm. yeah well, I mean, like or the mouse. computer mouse. Oh, like oh, actual, oh, yeah, yeah. Not That's the animal. I, get, I, get. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about the animal. Yeah. Who uses the mouse anyways as a designer? A lot uh, of people. Um, uh, Wacom's are out. I know. We're Even old, though I we're love them. Old school. Yeah, I know. We're, we all are. I mean, I, I like a mouse school. when I'm using After Effects. I hate. You never use your Wacom. Get out. I use my Wacom. <laughs> There's the door. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, I do. I do believe me, everyone. Please believe me. But but then also from from the perspective of the designer, uh, in this in this scenario, I think make sure that you're approaching design from those intent and those goals, taking yourself out of yeah. it. You know, it's yeah. not. At least I don't think. You know, it's not. It's not art. It's not a form of expression. Um, I think you can put your soul into it and, and into trying to solve those problems. And it is hard when you're passionate and you've put a lot of time in it, you know, maybe some late nights, you're feeling really good. Maybe it's something that you feel really strongly about, but it's also really easy to have the blinders on, I think, mm-hmm. yeah. and be and too focused on what's in front of you. Yeah. And especially this, if there wasn't much, oh, sorry, go, uh, ahead. go ahead. This might be a little tangent, tangent, um, but especially as a third party agency or a contractor, like we will never fully understand whatever industry, you know, you're working on. So like, just listen to the client. That, that is one of my favorite things about 
Um, you know, I haven't, I've never worked in house at a place. Um, I don't know what that's like, but one of my favorite things about working for an agency is being able to kind of live vicariously through all these different businesses and learn about all these different business verticals and figure out what, figuring out what makes them work, what gives a company a competitive edge, uh, what is their competition doing and really being able to take in all these different things on every different project, you know, you're working on trying to solve problems on all sorts of different, different mm -hmm. businesses. Mm -hmm. So just making sure I think for the designer to make sure that they're open to that mm -hmm. and yeah. Yeah. And you need to take out your personal biases um, for a visual direction. If you really have no idea about X industry. And, and I just have more questions about the story too. It's, yeah, right. it's, there's it's a like, lot of, it's like, I, I want, I'm really curious, like how far along did they get, Right. Like how much iteration was done? Was it just like design direction? Client was like, yeah, this is looking good. And it's just like, okay, it's done. It's like, right. all right, well, so, so, so much for me that I've learned in, you know, from early career to like now is so much of the good shit comes after you get that first bit out of the way. And then you really have to start rethinking some of your assumptions from the initial design direction push. And I think that's where things, generally speaking, start to improve. Mm -hmm. um, but that's more about like good design comes more out of the process of iteration, not like here is this thing I solved it. Okay, this first time client's happy. Mm -hmm. Let's build it now. Yeah, and there, there is some quote, and I'm going to butcher it, but basically, it's design is the process. Like that is what design is. It's yeah. just like this kind of grueling uphill battle. Yeah process yeah but then also but then also i think to kind of approach it from the other side how do you know when you're done or close to done because i think you know there's always room for improvement there's always ways you could iterate you know i think the client could always or design director could always come back and say it's not special enough well and and that's what's also interesting is i think we've all we've maybe all, all seen this in some way or another individuals or groups that have such a high level of perfection that literally of course it's could be better because the reality is it can always be fucking better mm -hmm. and there's a slippery slope there's a trap that falls into the perfectionist way of going about design if you take that too far you're never going to get a good outcome and you're always going to like you're always going to struggle with this and like i mean this can happen on the client side too mm -hmm. whoa that was weird Oh, I just heard some uh, sound. Anyways, but well, I guess what I'm saying is like there is there is like a there's a trap that you can fall into that's like <laughs> pitting out over there. Sweat lodge is <laughs> yeah. real. Yeah, yeah, I see it. I see it. Um, don't don't mind us. We're all just pitting out because it's hot in here. Getting um, pitted. Getting pitted. Good thing is so uh, pitted. Uh, so anyway, let's but let's you, stay focused. We're yeah, like, but well, I guess what I'm saying is that like so I don't know you know, how much, where this project is, right? There's so much context we don't have. Yeah. It's a really interesting, like, thing that was brought to our attention. But I do think there are, you can take perfectionism and it could always be better too far. Yeah. Because yeah. the honest truth is it can, it can literally always be better. I don't yeah. care how good it is. It, this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Um, and, I mean, I've concluded with, and it might not be right, but a design is never done. You no, know? it's never done. You need to hit your deadlines, but it could always be better. Yeah. 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 I, I think some of it too, though, is just having confidence in the process and having confidence that yes, this is 
a great solution. This is a good solution for the client. This will, this is meeting their, um, you know, these are the top three goals, uh, that we figured out that we discussed that mm-hmm. they came to us with. Um, and it hits a B and C because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And, and I think, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Just having confidence in that yeah. and knowing like, okay, this, these are good. You know, we've put the thought, we've put the time, we've put the energy into mm-hmm. it and this is good. Yeah. And I think, um, having, having research, um, kind of back up your reasoning. So I, it's something that we've, we kind of do depending on the client, uh, is working with primitives. So tearing down the problem in the most basic rudimentary form and then you can always rely on that and, you know, mm-hmm. Hey, like, as a foundation, yeah, like, yeah. L- look at these studies, you know, mm-hmm. it's working in these studies with, you know, no color, no mm-hmm. typography or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and, and maybe, <laughs> you, you know, have, then? primitives. Yeah. Oh Just, yeah. I see, I see, I see. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think what Eric's talking about is the foundation and the design, yeah. you know, and it's like, yeah, sure. We could always kind of noodle with the type size, the spacing, the layout, but we feel confident about, you know, the content that we're giving, we feel confident about, um, the technical implications. We feel confident about what it's communicating, the architecture, the architecture, yeah, yeah. How, it's, how it's flowing together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The design systems that are connecting everything together. Um, I think, et cetera, et cetera. So. That's one thing I've heard Dan Mall say, um, is if you've got a solid like foundation and framework to the problem, like the rest can be noodled on forever. Right. But, that framework as long as you've got a strong framework for the problem like it's gonna be exponentially easier to solve yeah and 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 the thing is is like the everything can be noodled on and it's that question of like like what jeff's saying is like having the confidence to know that this is a good solution for the foundation we got to move on and now we can focus on some of the more nitty gritty, more of the, the, the sort of superfluous details. Yeah. Maybe that superfluous is the wrong word, but the, the details, the foundation is there. Let's work on the details. But that is also just being mindful, being mindful of where, where you're letting yourself get to. Cause like, it's also just like, we want this to be unique. We want this to be special. We want, we want this to push the industry. And it's like, you know, sometimes it is good to reference like what do they, what does it, what is a client considering that is pushing the industry, right? Mm-hmm. Like where is this, where is this conversation coming from? Because it's just like all up in the air, and like it's like we want it to be innovative and you know pushing the industry forward, and it's like but there's no examples of like what they see as like industry pushing. I think that can be helpful. Uh, I was gonna say I think that's a good point, and like we don't know as as much as we could about this story, but was the lead designer who might've been the point of contact asking the right questions during, yeah. Yeah. You know, asking the right questions can help consolidate feedback and push the process on a lot smoother. And, and and not to, not to put the client under the bus, but you know, the client seems like they're happy. So that's good. That's, that's always a good thing. But there's also the thing of like the classic scenario of like the client, not really having any idea what they want, but they'll, they'll know it. They'll know it in quotation. They'll know it when they see it there's where you start running into trouble because you get that in combination with like, we want it to be innovative and push the industry, but they still don't know what they really want. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, 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 and so there's a slippery slope. I don't think that's necessarily what's happening here. Cause it sounds like the client was relatively happy. Just seemed like they wanted to be wowed more, but then that you start getting into these nuanced conversations of like, what do you mean? Wow. Like, and like it needs to win awards or it needs to do whatever. It's like, you know, is it solving the right problem? That that's a good thing. Right. Yeah. Um, is solving the problem they were asking for. That's important. Um, being industry leading 
I start to ha- like hesitate when I say that is like, to me, that's like, there's not really a problem there. Yeah. Like that you're not really solving a problem by being industry leading. Like usually when you're being industry leading and innovative, that comes out of solving a very specific problem and just happens right. to be yeah. like groundbreaking. You can never start a project saying that this is our, it, yeah. you know. That's, that, that to me is, is setting up an, uh, an expectation that's going to be very hard to live up to no matter how good the designer is cranking things out. Yeah. So there's some, yeah. And s- some of it hard, too is, is just learning uh, how to trust your client but also finding a position where the client uh can reciprocate and trust you as well sometimes uh in the past you know there have been i think a big one for me is like restaurants will sometimes come and say you know hey we want to have this website it's gonna be amazing it's gonna have all these mini games and it's gonna have all this crazy shit and like physics-based whatever and all this wild shit and it's like no 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 listen you need to have hours map of your location and a menu Mm -hmm. it needs to work awesome on mobile devices it needs to load fast uh and it needs the it needs to be very clear because no one gives a shit about anything else um forget being you know this crazy unique snowflake people need utility from this website they need to know your hours they need to have your menu you can pick a really nice typeface you can make it look beautiful everything can be pixel perfect um, you know, we can have some nice colors. We can, you know, establish and enhance the brand on digital. Uh, we can make sure that the, there's good typography and foundations with the menu. Um, and, and I think some of the crazy, innovative, unique stuff comes, boils down to how well you execute on those basic yes. core, oh, hell yeah. like solutions. Absolutely. Like if you execute it just so fucking well that it just feels great to use. That's all you need to do. You're already you're already pushing the restaurant industry. And when it comes to website, yeah, how many fucking yeah. websites do you go to in a restaurant? You're just like, holy fuck. This yeah. isn't this. I don't even. I can't it, even use this. It just yeah. needs to. It's like work. a MySpace page. I, th- yeah. I think the most industry leading shit is, is stuff that works. Like this, it, it works it just and it's works. executed well. Yeah. yeah, and and that's it. But it yeah. Well, you wouldn't be referencing it unless it worked well, right? Uh, no, I think there's a lot of stuff that gets referenced in a word in our industry. That's yeah. kind of well, like, and, and that's, and, and that's well. coming from the place of like designers will reference stuff and we're all guilty of this. I'm guilty of it. Where it's just like this really cool experiential experimental thing. And you're just like, Oh my God, the typography, the motion, blah, 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 blah. And like, you don't, you're looking at it for the, through the designer's lens of like just being highly intrigued by the visuals and the motion you already don't give a shit what the content is. Yeah. You're, you're just like, I don't, I don't even know. I mean, I'm not even, <laughs> I'm not even reading this paragraph, but holy shit, look at the way that, that like that display H one comes in. Like you just yeah. like getting off on that, but like everything about the actual content, you're, you're not because you're just looking at it from the, the designer's viewpoint. And that's not the viewpoint of the, 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 the end audience, like yeah. what, what it's for, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We're earning our explicit rating today. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Ben's fired up. But I'm going to make uh, a, a blanket statement here. Everyone can agree with, disagree with me or agree with me. But in my opinion, just kind of continuing to reference this example, if I'm trying to go to a restaurant website to figure out what hours you're open and I get hit with a preloader, you've already failed. What if the preloader is the times that they're open? No. <laughs> <laughs> I had to ask. What? So like it was the, one of those their hours of operation count up as the I, website loads. I, I stand, like maybe the preloader is just like today. If, if if we're talking about websites websites specifically, have I referenced websites that I enjoy from a designer standpoint that have preloaders? Yes. Would we ever build a fucking website with a preloader at Rally? Fuck no. 
Well, I think there's I a, mean, there's a level of appropriateness I mean, for each project. It's like, sure, if you have a portfolio and there's a lot of photography and yeah. images and you yeah. want to preload them so that they, they scroll smooth yeah. and switch between sections fast and smoothly, that's fine. If, if your audience, yeah, if your audience is used to seeing preloaders on a site because it's like in our industry, for example, I think that's okay. I think or, we're getting a little too granular. But this is well, part yeah. of the confidence in the process. You know, if, if you go through the process and you say confidence that okay we have confidence that this restaurant's website needs to be simple straightforward uh customers are coming here looking for hours menu map in that order that's what we need to hit on anything else uh extra cannot interfere with that um but we'll see what we can do um you know the budget is this you know dev has this much time we feel confident in the process that this is solving that yeah yeah and i mean yeah, Eric's right. We we got really granular about because the preloader thing comes up in our office because our development team is highly against preloaders and websites for a variety of reasons. And as designers, some of us are like Jeff is like very like anti preloader. I'm anti preloader for everything except for sites that I reference from just like a ooh inspiring yeah. like shit is behind waiting to let that site load right. But if I was going. Like to give the concrete example of like a utility, like I need to find this res restaurant's website and I want to see the hours like right now because I'm dri I'm thinking about driving there right now and I just want this thing to work. If I'm stuck on a preloader for even ten seconds, that's that sucks. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, especially if you're or trying five to load it over cellular. <laughs>